Father, speak through me today. Speak through us today. And we counsel every plot and scheme of the devil that may be set against myself, my family, and these young people. We counsel all plots and schemes in Jesus' name. With that being said, God, we turn our attention back to you, and we thank you for everything that you do for us. And we praise you, and we glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the scripture that we're coming out of, part two, and then we're done after this, uh, will be coming from Ecclesiastes 12.1. It says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. This verse we talked about last week is very paramount. It says, remember. The definition of remember is to bring to mind or think of again or to retain in memory. We talked about, uh, we're going to elaborate a little bit more about some of our members have memberships in places that they shouldn't and how we tend to remember the things that we are members of. It says, remember now. Now means this moment. We talked about some things that will cause us um, to forget God in, in the days of our youth. And it says, remember now your creator. We talked about the significance of the first thing that we hear from God is that he is our creator. We talked about how that should inspire us to desire to create because we are made in his image. One thing that we talked about, the Bible says we're made in his image and his what? Likeness. likeness. The unfortunate thing is we never lost his image. We just lost his likeness. What are some of the things that God is like? What is God like in your opinion? What is God like to you? He's great. He's great. So how has God been great to you? That's right. He's great all the time. Every moment. Two more people. What, what is God like to you? <clears throat> yes. That's right. That's right. That's good. One last person. What is God like to you? Yes, sir. That's right. Why is it important and significant to you? Because, you know, some people, when they got low on themselves, that could lead to depression. Yeah. And when you're too high, you can humble you. Yeah. And so those likenesses, those are the things that God wants us to embody. He wants us consistent. He wants us faithful. He wants us bearing fruit. And unfortunately, like we said before, a lot of us, not us, but people, period, we still bear his image, but we have lost his light. It says, remember now you're creating the days of your youth. We said youth is between the ages of what, like 12 to 40. So I'm young too. <laughs> I'm only 36. So I have to remember God in my youth. How you manage your first 40 years will determine how you live your last 40. Time is quick. Just, just, it felt like yesterday that I was 26. It felt like yesterday that I was 16. Now I'm 36 years old with a full wife and a full daughter. That, that blows my mind. And you may be saying, man, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 seemed like it went by slowly. But once you get to 18, 19, them 20s are going like that. And you don't want to be a person that wasted their youth because you don't want to be 40, 50 years old having to work for somebody or having um, um, no time to indulge and to be creative. You want to say, how can I set my older me better? Like, for instance, I'm still I'm right now at this moment. I'm living for the 46 year old me because in 10 years I will be 46. If Jesus tarries 10 years from now, you will be 10 years from now. 
And how you are and what you're doing right now is going to either make that future person regret the decision that you're making right now or rejoice the decision that you're making. And you got to think about that. Like how you maximize these years will determine how you live the latter years. Because it says, remember now you're creating the days of your youth before the difficult days come. What are some difficult days that you know you may have to face in life? What are some, what is an example of difficult days? <clears throat> Tough days, rough days, difficult. Yes, Chester, go ahead. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. You have death on the family, yep. and something that's bad happens, so it's like not mm -hmm. one of those good days. That, yep. You know. There's going to come a day where you're like, man, I can't get in the door no more. I, I, my ID won't work. I, I got fired. Or there may be a day that'll come when your most favorite person in the world passes away. One day I'm going to have to face that. I believe a long life, my, the Lord is going to satisfy my mom and dad. But there's going to come a day where I'm going to have to bury both of them. And that day is coming. If the Lord tells you another 20, 30, 40 years, if you don't die before your favorite person that's older than you, that day is going to have to come. And that's a difficult day. What's another difficult day or days that we may have to face in the future? That's tough. Yeah. How is that a difficult day? Because you really don't know how you're going to survive. Yeah. It's like, how do I say it? So it's like, like one day you can be walking up your job and you, like when you come back in, your boss can be like, you don't work here anymore. And mm -hmm. be like, so I'm supposed to pay my light bill, my rent. Yeah. You might need to be homeless. Yeah, it happens. That's a difficult day. One last person. What's an example of a difficult day? Yes, we are. Um, useful, yes, Virgil. Say it one more time. Virgil from Useful Age. Gotcha. Expound that for me. Thank you. <laughs> you was way, you know I was going to get you. The more you get older, the more the pressure gets worse. So basically, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, basically, we in high school, we see get pressure from like little things like homework. Oh, am I going to make it to college? Am I going to get oh, pressure? Like, gotcha. Um, um, using my own experience. Oh, yes. Am I going to get scholarship? Or oh, am I international student? Am I going to make it? Am I going to help my parents? Da, da, da. Yeah. And when you when <coughs> those stuff has, like passed by and you really get the scholarship with the college, it's still gonna get stronger. Like pressure. I'm going to pass that. I'm telling you, the pressure gets bigger. And that's why I have to become a bigger person for that pressure. So we said pressure. We said um, uh, uh, next meal, losing a job. And we said death, right? Now, how could remembering your creator now help prevent that or make that easier to navigate? Or it could be anything if y'all don't want to use those three examples. <clears throat> like, if you remember a guy now, like, okay, I'm just going to give you Imagine your relationship with God as a trust ball. Uh -huh. Instead of you falling into somebody else's arms, imagine it being a cloud. Because if you think about it, a cloud is like the thinnest thing. Uh -huh. So if you can imagine yourself falling and you fall straight through the, through the cloud, that means something's wrong in your spiritual walk. But if you can, like, imagine yourself hitting the cloud and you're just floating on top of it, that means you saw remember God. Yeah. So if you remember God in your sad times, bad times, or before they get here, That's right. it makes it so much easier to trust them. Because if you trust them with little things, like, for example, <coughs> like, I trusted God to, like, fly a meal. Like, it was weird. I knew I was going out on Saturday.
Wow. Somebody that's That's, that's powerful because oftentimes we, when you ignore God on the good days, it's hard to feel him in the tough days. And so now I have to invest in my relationship. Like right now I have to invest in my relationship with God now so that when a tough day comes, I have faith to get through. I know that he's going to support me. But when your faith is thin, it's like that thin cloud you were saying. But the same cloud that is a cloud by day for you that, that is guiding you will be that same one that will protect you. What else? Are some things, or how else could remembering God now cause those days to be easier or avoided, <clears throat> or a difficult day? Yes, well. Um, well, like what the mod said was like you know not knowing where your next bill is going to come from, yeah. where your next paycheck is going to come through. Um, you remember who your source is, so you don't. You're yeah. not worried about you know I'm going to live off my job. You're not living off your job. You're living off your faith in God. Mm-hmm. I mean that's why now I tell, especially these kids in my economics class. Like, man, there's so much wealth in us. Like, if you're poor right now or broke right now, it's your fault. Because God never placed a person with nothing. Inside of us are ideas. Like, that's why I'm up 4 o'clock in the morning writing my 10th book, because it downloaded in me. That's why I'm always spending time with God. I bring a clipboard and some blank sheet of paper and pen every time I spend time with him. Because I'm like, he's going to download an idea in me. He's going to give me something to create. And when we... Um, don't maximize those moments, then when now you're dependent on a job, then all of a sudden what happens when that person, you, you can't give employers that much leverage. Like right now, if I lose my job, I'm not going to lose heart. I'm just talking about I, I ain't going to lose my job anyway. But what I'm saying is I'm too valuable. But when it comes down to my ideas, I got to make sure that if the economy shuts down or whatever happens, I still got financial supports. And a lot of young people are following a false, a false, outdated system. School is only teaching you how to be an employee. Why do you think the bell rings? Why do you think they give you four minutes for a bathroom break? Why do you think they give you lunch breaks? They're conditioning. Why are they waking you up at five o'clock in the morning to go to school? Why are they giving you homework? Because employers give their employees work to do at home. It's all conditioning you to be an employee. Why? Who is the highest taxed group in America? Employees. Entrepreneurs are not taxed like employees. Investors are not taxed like employees. So if I can get the funnel system to produce young people that are conditioned to be employees, I can make money off of them. Slavery's not over. Slavery's still here. Because now you're a slave to a system. But when you outside of this world system and connected to the kingdom of God, then God's going to teach your hands how to profit. He's going to teach you how to get wealth. He's going to show you because God doesn't want broke people. Broke people break systems. And if, if I don't leave nothing for my daughter, then what's going to happen with her in this world? So the thing we have to begin to understand is that I just can't be going to school, coasting through school, coasting through college, then coasting through a job, and then now I have no job, no money, and the whole time you've been sitting on this God idea <clears throat> because we have a lot of confidence in what everybody wants us to do, but we don't have confidence in what we know we should do. So now you can remember your creator by saying, okay, God, what are those witty inventions? What are those great ideas? What are those God ideas that I can start now? I'm still getting paid off of something I did at 19. 19. What, what could you create right now that the 28-year-old you will still eat from? 
My daughter's still going to eat off of books I wrote in 2010, 2012, 2016. She will continue to eat off of that. What is your future generations going to have on their plate? And you got to think about that. That's how you remember your creator. All right, God, you want me to remember you as a creator so that I can create for my children later. It's very significant. You can't trust this system. This system's flawed. So the third thing was what? You said pressure. Man, when you remember God now, you'll understand what the verse in John, when James 1 says, says, count it all joy when you go through what? Various trials. Knowing that the testing of your what produces patience? Faith. And when your patience has had its perfect work, you'll be what? Perfect, complete, and lacking in nothing. That's a formula. If you can't handle these trials now, you fellas, because I'm a man, I can talk to you like a man. Like, like, it gets tougher. Women want you when you don't want them. Right? Like, things get tougher the older you get. Women, just because you get married, don't mean all the beautiful women leave. They, they still there. Right? And if you're not mature enough as a man and you're trying to fulfill a plan of God, they're still going to be there. The phone's still going to be there. Porn's still going to be there. It ain't going to leave. And the more you get into that situation with a woman that you have to love and you can't lust with, man, love is difficult. To love a woman, it's easy to lust a woman. <laughs> All you got to do is take her to the backseat of a car, do something with her in the movies, and you fulfilled yourself. But when it comes down to making love and loving her despite her emotional swings, you better learn how to duck because it swings, right? If you don't know how to cling when she swings, then you're going to lose it all for a fling. And that's why... You got to cling on to God like forever, ever, because if you don't cling on to him, you're going to fall with them. Right. Pressure only continues to mount. And if you can't handle the pressure now and embrace the pressure, you're not going to succeed. All right, let's keep going. Um, let me get to most, some of these points. So we're done. Uh, realigning your members. Right. We talked about how we have to remember God and our youth. Now, what are some members of our life? What are some components of our life that we have to realign to him that could be have a membership somewhere else? Other people. Other people. How's, how do we need to align that area into remembering God? That's real. I, I, I have to live attached but unattached. Like, I'm attached to a lot of people in this world, but I'm not so attached that I can't detach, right? And friends are very difficult. Family, too. Some people from other countries, they're so attached to their family because the family has put pressure on them. See, in America, in, the individual is God. In America, it's all about individual, whatever the word is, about individuals. Now, I'm my own God. In South America, Africa, other countries, family's God. Do this for the family, right? 
If I don't make God who he is in my life, then I will succumb to the pressures of these people. So I got to live in such a way where I'm like, okay, I love you, mom. I love you, dad. I love you, friends. But the moment you come between me and my God, I have to cut you off. But if we don't have that equity in our relationship with God, then, then the value of ourselves will begin to fall. That's why I got to say, do I, we all have to ask ourselves, who do I love more than God? Whoever you love more than God will be the very person the enemy will use to draw you away from him. And now that membership begins to be shifted over to friend LLC or friend corporation. And all of a sudden now God can't use you no more if that friend is not alongside you. If you can't handle being alone, you will not be able to handle being alongside someone. That's why singleness is important. I teach people all the time when I coach them, you have to understand what it means to be single before you mingle. Because if you ain't, if you're not complete in being a single person, you're going to mingle with the wrong person. And when you mingle with the wrong person, you're going to intermingle me. You're going to get in a bond with them. And then all of a sudden now you're stuck with a person without the same goals, visions, or standards. And that's why Jesus had the crowd, he had the 70, he had the 12, he had the three, and he had himself, and he had God. Often he went to go pray. Often he went to spend time with God. <clears throat> How many days have gone by in your life where you spent more time with friends than you have spent with the one who really is a good friend? What is another member that we oftentimes is not aligned with God that keeps us from remembering him in our youth? Go ahead, Courtney. How's that? Um, most of the time, like, okay, so, for example, like, let's say you get, like, somebody who's giving you, like, $200. Mm -hmm. You could either, either, like, give that money, like, give something to church and then, like, save it, like, you know, for you know, later stuff. Yeah. Or you could say, like, okay, I got $200, I can use food, shoes, clothes, mm -hmm. like, anything that I could use for, like, my temporary pleasure, but then you're going to regret, like, yeah, we all guilty of that. <laughs> I remember one year I brought so, so much significant money in. It was like six years ago, well, five years ago, I brought a lot of money in. And at the end of the year, I was like, where did that money go? Where did the money go? I'm like, it went through different stuff, but I was like, it went to stuff that didn't bear fruit. That money should have doubled. You see what I'm saying? And when we remember God in our youth with our money, then we won't spend it so easily. Because oftentimes when we're so insecure, we like to wear our security. Like this is what makes me look good. I want neat clothes. I need this car. I need this house. I need this look. I need to be fashionable to people that ain't even going to be the ones to fashion us to be the people that can actually be financially free. And now with our money, we got to say, OK, God, I got to create a pace with my finances. I got to begin to say before I spend money, what I normally do when money comes in, especially large sums of money, I put it away. If I don't have a plan for it, I don't spend it. Right. I treat every dollar I have as an employee. I got to look at every hundred dollar bill, uh, uh, twenty dollar bill, fifty dollar bill, whatever bill and say, you go do this for me. Because what's more valuable, me working my time or my money working for me? Which one's more easy? What? Which, what is it? Your money working for you. I, I love, right now I'm making money. 
I'm making money whether it's YouTube, making money whether it's a book, whether making money whether someone's donating. That's the life you want to create where while you are spending your time for money, when I'm at Victory Teaching, even though I'm spending my time for, for a salary, I know for a fact that all the stuff that I've done is still making money for me. And when you understand the, the principle of tithing and giving and, and, and using wisdom with your money and, and being strategic with it, you will then have something to do with it. One more thing. What's another member that oftentimes has a membership somewhere else that we need to remember God with and be successful? What's that, Chester? I don't know if it's maybe for like friendships. Friendships, yes. What about that? Um, like, because I'm going to put myself out there because I did that before. Uh-huh. Like okay. But like, there will be times that myself when I be like, um, like, always talk to my friends and not get in tune with God. Yeah, yeah. It's like, when I'm in like a trial and I need God to help me get it out of it, it's like I don't have enough faith, you know. That's right. To He can help me get out of it because I've been focused on so much about my friends. Yeah. And not listening to like what God is telling me because a lot of people they don't think that like if you just have your friend reptile then you know you'll be good. But when it's judgment, you can't have your friend. Oh, they ain't gonna. Yeah. Not gonna be there. So. That's real. God's gonna ask you what you did, but not your friend. He's gonna ask you what you did. That's real. That's powerful. Go ahead, Courtney. Add to it. Um. Well, I had another. Go ahead, Courtney. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your mm. That ain't Josh that hit you. <laughs> Josh said, "Ah." Oh. <laughs> you got that stance, like don't talk, don't preach that. He like don't <laughs> just mess with Josh. Go ahead, Courtney. Yeah. That's real. Man, free time is because the idle idle time is the devil's playground. We all heard that. Yeah. Idle time leads to an idle mind. Idle mind leads to idle hands. Idle hands leads to idle worship, right? I gotta, ha I, I gotta have, I gotta have something. Just like I have my money, my money has a job. Every dollar has a job. My every hour has to have a job. Every hour has to be accounted for. Like fam, like people fall into demonic traps because they have nothing to do. Nothing. Like you gotta be too tired to sin. By the time you come home and you tempted to watch something, you done fell asleep. You don't been so productive for God. You don't been productive developing yourself. You've been productive in the in your responsibilities that when it's time to sin, the devil done got 20 seconds to work with and you done fell asleep. I'm not saying that works all the time. But what I am saying is that you got to make sure that every minute, every hour has something productive. There's, what's the difference between being busy and being productive? What's the difference? You're still wasting time. Still That's real. To accomplish, to accomplish something. I mean, think about it. Is anyone perfect in this room? No. no. There's always room to improve. And if even if you improve 0.01%, that's still good. But how many people, man, they good on video games. They good on this stuff, but they ain't making money from it. Like, like if you want to be on social media, make money from it. If you're going to play games, find a way to make money. Now, there's nothing wrong with leisure and relaxation. There's nothing wrong with recreation. But when, when your leisure lasts three to four hours a day, you better make it a job. <laughs> it better be, it better be uh, funding you part-time, right? Because that's your time. I always say this when it comes to time. You spell time, L-I-F-E. 
You spell time with life. How you spend your time is how they say a third of our life will be asleep. A third. What's a third of 70? I'm not waiting on y'all. <laughs> anyway, y'all got y'all phones, don't y'all? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm third, huh? You know, we Nigerians, we smart. We say 20 something, right? 20, 20 to 23 years of our lives is unconscious. It's sleep. So by the time you 80, you done spent 20 years of your life sleep. Now, how many of us spent uh, two to three years accumulation of hours with the wrong person, with the wrong friends? So when God pull up your life on the jumbotron, bigger than AT&T Stadium in Dallas, and you see that big old screen, and it says you spent these amount of hours with this, and you only spent these amount of hours with me. You better spend some hours with the one that's going to judge you. Like, fam, you talked about the parable with the person that buried his talents. Man, we got to think about our, our, our idle time, our uh, extra time differently. Because this, ain't, this life ain't the life. <laughs> the next life is the life. And it's better to say, okay, I better work my life now. Use my free time wisely so that when I get to heaven... And I cross them pearly gates. And all, all I see is my father with a tear in his eye saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. And then you know what I'm going to do for the next thousand years? Go to sleep. <laughs> when I get to heaven, I'm going to go eat and I'm going to go sleep for a thousand some years. Y'all ain't going to see me. Y'all going to be jumping off of cliffs, flying and stuff. And I'm going to be knocked. That's Mr. Anzi's house and that's his mansion down there. Far away from everybody. <laughs> but what I'm saying is. You said what now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deborah said, y'all better leave me alone. Don't come to my house. All right, real quick. Now, you know what? We'll do part three next week. Um, next week, we're going to talk about how to serve God now. There are seven things we must do to serve God adequately, and we'll talk about that. I'll finish this. You will always remember where you're a member of. Where does the parts of your life have a membership? Here are the things that, you're, that are members of your life, your mind, your hands, your movements, your emotions, your words, your ideas, your intentions, your knowledge, your emotions, your skills, and influence. These are the things that are members of you. And if those members are not serving you or not serving God, then, then your members, you're not going to remember God because all you're going to remember is, I got to be at this job here. I got to be with my friend. I got to call my girlfriend. I got to call my boyfriend. You're going to remember all these important things. And about time it's time to remember God, you don't forget them. The one person we should always keep on the forefront of our mind, not on the back burner, is God. Any questions? Everybody's good? Our hearts and minds clear? All right, we're done.